Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Redemption Rye. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleshik. Andy, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I mean, other than the absolute just ballistic rain that just happened like a half hour ago, it's been good. <laughs> right. So uh, this is, uh, we're going we're to do a little bit behind the scenes uh, action here. So this is actually an ep- kind of almost going to come out as like a, b- a bonus episode, if you will, because we recorded this episode weeks ago and I was an idiot. Someone to... decided to delete it in favor of their wedding photos. Yeah, I was trying to download my <laughs> wedding photos and I didn't have enough space on my computer. So I was like, oh, I'll delete some old podcasts. And this one had not been posted yet. So here we are re- redoing uh, this episode. So hopefully it'll go a little smoother and I won't uh, end up deleting this one. So uh, without further ado, because it's been weeks now, uh, Andy, why don't you tell the folks out there everything they need to know about Redemption Rye? Of course. So Redemption Rye, is it about a 10 or 11 year old uh, brand? They were founded in 2011 by uh, two bourbon industry veterans. Uh, of course, they started out initially, like most other, at least bourbon brands do, by sourcing from MGP. Um, and it was something that, like, they kind of started using that premonition that they had found a cache for, of barrels from MGP that they believed to be the quote-unquote perfect expressions of, like, bourbon and rye whiskeys, um, at least at the time. The perfect expression of um, bourbon and rye whiskeys uh, from MGP, and it was something that you know initially they didn't really. I don't think they had their bourbon set up um, when they were launching the brand uh, Redemption, but um, they you know started out initially wanting to revive what rye whiskey is in America. Um, Kind of similar to like what Sagamore Spirits is doing or has been doing in Maryland. Uh, I want to say five-ish episodes ago when we recorded Sagamore Spirits. Um, you know, they kind of wanted to use, you know, rye as a predominant grain. Um, go forward with that, if not use solely exclusively rye whiskeys. Um, something along those lines, basically. Um, because that was, you know... Historically in America, prior to bourbon really being what it obviously is now, like from the mid-1800s until now, rye whiskey was kind of the predominant whiskey in America. Um, So it was something that, like, they wanted to start out the brand, at least initially, solely focusing on that and reviving what rye whiskey was historically, but also could be in America. Um... You know, using initially only MGP sourced. Uh, I think they're also, as far as I know, they're still solely sourcing from MGP. Um, But then, like, doing anything extra uh, in between the time they get the bottles, or the barrels, excuse me, from MGP to the time they actually bottle it, um, they're doing anything along those lines all the way up until um, the bottling process they actually bottle it. Um, they're at their um, location in the Bardstown, Kentucky area. Uh, at their Bardstown location. Uh, and it's something that, you know, since they initially started out, like a, just over a decade ago, uh, they've 
about du- doubled or tripled in size in their production. Um, and also kind of learning along the way to willingly or not market themselves as a uh, niche product within the market, within the whiskey market at least. Um, in that, you know, most bourbon brands, they want to kind of market themselves as, oh, well, we could have, you know, we could sell through our distributors and everything to um, bars or restaurants, everything like that, as well as sell on the shelves at your local liquor store. Um, really, Redemption, as a brand, has said, well, we like having that model, but really what we're going to sit here and do is focus on more or less the cocktail side of it, trying to create a whiskey, especially a rye whiskey at least, uh, early on, that would be great for cocktails. Uh, and something that they, you know, focused on was sitting there and, at least initially, wanting, as I understand, wanting to sit there and um, try to get into those bars and restaurants, stuff like that. You know, doing your various different whiskey cocktails and rye whiskey cocktails, um, want to focus on getting in that route and kind of create their niche in the market for that. Um, of course, they haven't excluded themselves from doing more. They, you know, sell on the shelf uh, for the regular consumer, but that's really where they tried to establish themselves as a brand, was as a cocktail whiskey, especially cocktail cocktails that you could uh, find in a bar or restaurant. Um, I know something, you know, a lot of this success that they had early on through now in 2022, um, you know, both in the restaurant bar scene as well as on the just regular consumer shelf scene, um, that you could, you know, drink neat or make your own cocktails with, uh, led to them being acquired, I want to say around 2016 or 2017, if I remember correctly, being acquired by the, um, Dutch Family Wine and Spirits Company, uh, which I forget where they're out of. Um, D-E-U-T-S-C-H is uh, the last name there. The Dutch Family uh, Wine and Spirits Company around the mid-2010s. So I want to say 2016-2017, if I recall correctly. Um, led to their you know success being acquired by them eventually. Um which is, you know, good. I mean, it happens for some whiskey brands, you know. Maybe not every brand, but some brands it leads to that acquisition phase um, in terms of whether you want to grow or whether you want to sit there and just need more capacity to distill and everything like that. Um, you know, so that happens. Um, and then, you know, they have a few different um, products that they do. You know, they have a regular rye. They have their bourbon, which is the one we're trying today. Uh, and then their high rye bourbon, uh, and then a few different ones under their uh, specialty series, like their single barrels, weeded bourbons, finished whiskeys, anything like that, and then their barrel proofs uh, that they also do, like which typically are kind of higher in age for most rye or whiskeys, um, like in the 9 to 10 year old age range, somewhere around there, depending on which one you can find, if you can find it on a shelf. Uh, and then, of course, they're ancient ones, which is, like, super old for a bourbon or rye. At least an American bourbon or rye. Like, that 18 to 30-plus-year-old age range. 
Um, and all of these are based around a few different mash bills um, that are at least for their just their standard ones, two two to two and a half years old in terms of aging. Um, but it's all at least the rye is at least the um, MGP ninety five five mash bill as far as I know and can find uh, publicly on them. The bourbon I don't remember which mash bill they're using. And if it's an MGP mash bill or if it's their own proprietary mash bill as a brand, uh, redemption, that is. Um, but that's typically, you know, at least two to two and a half years old using one of those two different um, mash bills, a rye or a bourbon mash bill. So either at least 51% rye or 51% corn in there going into one of those products that I just mentioned a little bit ago. So, you know, it's been a good brand. It's, you know, they've definitely had a lot of success going on early. Um, You know, they found their niche wanting to, instead of necessarily always shooting for everything, say, listen, we know we're going to sit here and be great at, like, probably one thing. Let's just go for that and make our success there, however we can. Cool. Are we ready to do the tasting? Yeah. Awesome. Well, we already have our glasses poured. This is just the regular uh, Redemption Rye, correct? Yeah, this is just a regular... Actually, this is just a regular Redemption... Um, or, is it the, or is it the bourbon? It's the um, regular Redemption bourbon, so it is gotcha. their um, Prohibition Whiskey Revival, batch um, number 36. It's an 88 proofer, uh, and it's a mash of... The one that we have, at least, is a mash of 75 percent corn 21 percent rye and then four percent barley um of course aged in per bourbon requirements aged in a uh, new charred american oak barrels cool all right let's give it a taste cheers sir cheers and of course as always we start with the nose what are some uh hints that you're picking up there kind of a light nose i mean it's very to me it's very MGP-ish. Um, I mean, it's very MGP stereotypical, which I think that mash bill that I just named off for the bourbon is actually an MGP high rye um, bourbon mash bill that they use. Okay. Um, but it's kind of like, it's fairly light. It's fairly stereotypical of what I would expect of like an MGP or a bourbon mash bill. Like a little bit of sweetness from the corn, kind of some like fruitier citrus notes with a little bit of like oak notes in it gotcha cool let's give it a taste huh. 88 proof you said yeah an 88 proofer so 44 percent uh alcohol by volume kind of drinks like it a little bit yeah what are you uh are you noticing anything specific in the on the palate there uh, personally, I get a lot of like the citrus notes notes on it. Um, yeah. a little bit of grain like youthiness on it. Yep, yep, one hundred percent. Um, somewhat, but other than that, it's kind of like a very, like I said, on the nose, it's very, like thin, very stereotypical of like what I get off of. I get MGP mash bill um nose there, just kind of like stereotypical notes that like you're not trying to shoot for way too much or way too against the grain 
for the bourbon industry. Yeah. But still good. Like, still good by um, all means. Just kind of something like, not really stand out-ish in a great way for me personally, but also kind of not offensive in a bad way. Gotcha. Just kind of something like, like would be good, but probably better suited to a cocktail. Yeah, I agree. And that's kind of what they were going for. Yeah. I, I believe. All right, folks, that, I love it. That's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, leave a review, um, share, tell your friends, You know, listen to every episode of Distill Discussions. We really do appreciate your guys' support. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry, America, we'll be here to drink with you next week.